Thanks for listening to the Roman Circus Podcast, a weekly dive into death-defying discussions of Catholic culture, tradition, and history. I'm Matt Baker, and with me is Zach Mabry's favorite person, Zach Mabry. Zach, how are you today, my friend? I, I'm good, or we're good. I, I'm good. Yeah. We're good. I'm good. We're good. Tweet us at Roman Circus Pod. I'm at Hey, it's Matt Baker. Zach is at Zach Mabry, Z A C Mabry. Email us podcast at Roman Circus Blog.com. You can find us on iTunes. Just search the Roman Circus Podcast, and we are there. Rate and review us if you want. You can also find us on Podbean, Stitcher, Google Play, and anywhere else there are podcasts. Zachary, it's been a big week. We had some elections happen. College basketball is back. And that's about all I care about. What's going on? Is there any news? Is there any updates in the world of Mabryland? Well, I mean, we did see the elections happen. So now we know who is going to be receiving all of the bribes and kickbacks from uh, lobbyists. Sure. The the Democrats uh, took the House of Representatives. Mm-hmm. Um which I'd heard if the Republicans had been able to take the house for a fourth time, they would have been able to exchange it for one hotel. Uh, yeah, I saw, <laughs> I saw a tweet saying that same thing. Yeah, So good. If you're, um, yeah, That reminds me, if you're a lobbyist and would like to give money to our podcast, you can just email us, Roman, uh, what is it? Podcast at RomanCircusBlog.com. We will take your lobbyist money. Yeah, we're very easily bribed. We... we we would sell out for name your price, really. I know. It's just so easy. Uh, yeah, that's the election. I'm kind of glad the elections are over, so now we can all start focusing on 2020 for the next two years. It's great. I know. I guess that starts, what, tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, it's already begun. True. Did you get... So true. Luckily, we didn't get bowled over by the blue wave that was coming, Zach. That was very scary. We were all told to hunker down and... Hide our hide our wives and hide our daughters. The blue wave was a coming. You'd think after all these hurricanes, they wouldn't use terminology like that. <laughs> it's insensitive. No one thinks about that. No, but we're here to tell them that that is insensitive. Yes, we're the... We're... Oh, and then big news is that Attorney General Jeff Sessions is out. Um, He's been set free. So Jeff Sessions... What? He's been set free. Yeah, he resigned at Trump's request. Um, I think a, a decent number of people were voting like for him indirectly when they voted for Trump. So it'll be interesting to see how Trump land responds to uh, to the you know to Sessions leaving. The uh, the Trumpkins will be. Um, I'm interested. I've been looking to see their takes on Twitter, and they're not happy. Mm-hmm. They one thing I've heard about. President Trump is that he actually doesn't like to fire people, even though that's what he's famous for. I've heard that he actually does not like it. IRL. Really? I should try it sometime. Matt? Yeah. You're fired. Okay. Well, good luck to you. Actually, no, people never hear, people never hear the episode if we do that. Yeah, exactly. I hold the keys to the castle. That is a, another tip. If you're going to start a podcast, with someone else, make sure you do everything so you are irreplaceable. I, I no comment. Okay, Zach, we have a uh, we have a big interview coming up here in a few minutes with 
the U.S. editor of the Catholic Herald U.S., Michael Davis. It's We're really spreading our wings. We have real-life journalist man on the podcast. I know. I'm a big fan of his, and I've, I've had the privilege of meeting him in person, so I'm excited that we get to have him on the show. Can't wait to ask him so many questions, you know? <laughs> All the questions. After after this. After this. After the break. Um yeah, I, I've we've been doing new things, trying to sounders are like the that's the thing that every podcast likes, right? That everyone every podcast is like, oh, we got to have sounders, and we've been talking about uh, different ways to improve the podcast. I got a sounder for you, Zach. I don't know if I'm, I'm going to play it. Tell me what you think about this. Okay. Did you hear it? Yeah. Yeah, it was the Law and Order. That's from Law. That's from Law TV. Law TV. Yeah, Law TV. Exactly. I don't know. Is that maybe? We- I don't even know that I've ever seen a full episode of Law and Order TBH. Wow, this is really. Tr- we might have to push back the Michael Davis interview in order to really break open this news that I just found out about you right now. We might. We might. I'll check it out. Is it on Netflix? It might be, it's, but it's also on uh, TNT and USA every single hour of the day. So if you don't have Netflix, just, oh, perfect. just turn to one of those channels. It's It goes uh, Bones, and then Law and & Order, and then more Bones, and then more Law & Order. Nice. Yeah, is there anything else, anything else in the news before we get to the big interview? Um, no, nothing of note. Slow, slow time in the world, you know? Slow time in the world. All right. Well, I guess without further ado, we will just switch it up and uh, your audio will become a little less great, but the interview will become a little more greater. Perfect. All right, Zach, I guess you could say we've made it to the big leagues today. We're doing a full on interview with an actual respectable journalist. I don't know about that. <laughs> the voice you hear is Michael Davis, the U.S. editor of the Catholic Herald. Is it the Catholic Herald U.S.? Is that what it's going to be called? It's going to be one magazine um, okay. in both countries and also eventually Canada. Oh, um, whoa, whoa, but, whoa, whoa, So whoa. it'll be... <laughs> I hope that wasn't a trade secret. No, no, no. I was just, you know, blaming Canada or whatever we do. Okay, <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> so you, it's one magazine. We all know the Catholic Herald.co.uk. Yep. So it's coming to America for us, America lads. What, what does that entail? Zach, do you, um, I know we've been readers of the Catholic Herald for a while. Um, and Zach has tried to fill me in on what exactly is going on, but I want to hear a little bit from you. What a, it's coming over to America, and what exactly does that mean? That's right. It was, uh, until a couple of years ago, the Catholic Herald was a pretty provincial British, English, predominantly Catholic newspaper. And then our, we got a new editor, Luke Copen, who'd been with the organization, I think since he was in his 20s. He's, he's been here his entire professional life. Mm-hmm. And he's a real, really, really devoted to the magazine. Um, and he had he had a vision to make it a world class Catholic magazine. So it was the the newspaper aspect was completely scrapped. Um, it became a weekly print news magazine. 
um, with world-class columnists like Tim Stanley and Damian Thompson. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's the, one of the distinguishing features is that it's extremely aesthetically pleasing. We have really great cover art, really great cartoonists. And so the, you know, we, we were, they were, you know, the, 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 the company was very happy um, being, you know, the premier, uh, you know, Catholic magazine in Britain until, uh, our publisher ran the metrics and found that we had actually had a huge readership in the United States. We're one of the most read Catholic publications in America as well. And so I had just come on, I think, as a correspondent. And the our publisher sent out a memo saying, we really should think about opening up a whole organization in the United States. Um, because, you know, they're, again, terrific magazine um, in the U.K., but not a lot of British Catholics. And there's tons of American Catholics that um, would definitely, we think, be interested in the kind of content that we produce and the kind of magazine that we are. So we totally, a couple of weeks ago, totally redid the inside of the magazine so that it will be one magazine in both countries. Uh, but it will be, you know, we'll have a, we, have a, we have a Vatican section, a U.S. section, um, a Britain section, and then, you know, just the rest of the magazine is our columnists and our, you know, 800 to 1200 word features. So it's, uh, it's not, it's not a provincial magazine anymore. Interesting. So the transition from the first transition, I guess, was from newspaper to magazine. Mm-hmm. How long had the newspaper been around? The Catholic Herald was founded in 1888. Um, so it's well over a hundred years old and we are a very storied magazine. We had, uh, Evelyn Waugh was a, was a correspondent. Um, Graham Greene wrote for us. J.R.R. Tolkien wrote for us. And, uh, Chesterton not only wrote for us, but said that we were the only news newspaper worth reading, which I don't think is, is necessarily true anymore. But if I had to choose one magazine, one newspaper, uh, it would be the it would definitely be the Herald. I'm with Gil on that one. That's crazy. Very I, nice. The yeah. So yeah. I originally, when I first started reading it, I thought it was a U.S. based uh, publication because I was too dumb to actually look at the URL that said .co.uk. Right. <laughs> right. But, That's fair enough. But I am, and I'm also I I'm also the type of guy. I just am like I admired the the oldness of the website like it not that the website was old but it looked like uh refined and it looked it looked like a a website that i should be trusting with my catholic news again i'm not a very smart person never claimed to be so i that's that's how i judge right, that's how we get you yeah you, you get me with the yeah website. it's well it's uh we we're really lucky i i'm gonna i'm gonna say this and i hope i don't say it the wrong way we, the uh, the Herald is is not a lot of people's full time job in the UK, which is not not because of any budgetary concerns, but it's just that you know the there are so many the, the British you know Catholics are way overrepresented in the British media. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not a lot of them, um, but I think I think roughly eighty percent of British Catholics are journalists, or it seems that way. <laughs> and so we. You know, our editor in chief, Damian Thompson, is also an associate editor at The Spectator, which is probably the the, the best um, conservative news magazine in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, well, our, we have a we have a 
an associate editor who also writes a fortnightly column is Tim Stanley, who's you know a, one of the top editors at the Telegraph, which is one of the most reputable conservative newspapers in the world. Um, so it's it's a. Uh, I th- I think I won't offend anyone if I say that Catholic media, as a category, isn't really that good. Um, and so the, the the you know just we have all of these British Catholic media types that want to be involved that wanted to be involved with the Herald, um, and you know they uh, so they we we have this this really um, world class magazine. It's it's a Catholic publication that you don't have to hold to a Catholic media standard. You could hold it to a secular media standard, and it would still outperform most publications. Um, which I think is a lot of the as you said. I think it's it's a lot of the appeal. Um, to American readers, because we don't have that in this country, mm-hmm. um, and I th- and I think I do think that it comes through, you know, on the website. So this will be the first actual or the only weekly Catholic publication, Catholic magazine in the U.S., right? It will be. So the the Wanderer um, is a very old and storied Catholic uh, weekly newspaper, but there has, to my knowledge, there's only been one other <laughs> Catholic weekly magazine. In the history of the United States, which is Triumph, which was founded by William F. Buckley, the uh, the editor of National Review, his brother-in-law, when his brother-in-law decided he didn't want to be a conservative anymore and wanted to found a Catholic state like Franco Spain, he split off from National Review and founded Triumph. So I think we're the only the only publication before since or uh, before after that was a weekly Catholic magazine in this country. So quite the shoes to follow in, but yeah. There's been there's a been a hole in the market for decades. Yeah. Do you think that there's some advantage to having a bunch of writers who this isn't their full time job, so they're not beholden to like crank out random pieces, or they're not like they're not they're not forcing content every week. They can write about things that they actually want to write about, or things that they think might be interesting or relevant to the time, instead of just cranking out basically daily opinion pieces just to stoke the flames yeah it's i think that's exactly right the uh we have we have a constant news feed i mean our our, we have we have a you know daily reporting and we do have we have a couple of really terrific bloggers like father alexander lucy smith who is i mean again i'm biased but i think he is a really extraordinary analyst um he has some of the most in-depth coverage of what goes on in the Catholic church you're going to find anywhere. And then we have Francis Phillips, um, who, you know, who who does mostly, you know, interviews with authors and book reviews. And, um, but the rest of our staff, most, you know, are all of our columnists are part-time. And again, so the, the, the vision that we had was that the best Catholic media, and I think you guys probably know this, the best Catholic media in the United States does not come from a Catholic publication. It's Ross Dowett at the New York Times um, and Peggy Noonan at the Wall Street Journal. You know what I mean? It's just, it, there's this huge diaspora sure. of really talented Catholic writers. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to bring them all under one roof. Um, and obviously the only way we could do that is if it was no one's full-time job because we can't afford the Wall Street Journal or you know New York Times salaries. But we, right. we've done a pretty good job so far. And so we have... Um, for, for fortnightly columnists, we have um, Matthew Schmitz, the uh, the senior editor of First Things. He's already writing for us. He's doing he's been doing his fortnightly column for a couple of months. 
Now, um, for those of us who don't know the the lingo, fortnightly column. <laughs> yeah. So, well, twice twice a month. Um, so every other every other week. Um, well, every fourteen nights. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Oh. We're a, we're a seven nightless a seven nightly podcast. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Except so sometimes. One of the go. things <laughs> you were talking about, Damian Thompson, and yeah, I am a gigantic fan of his podcast, Holy Smoke. And yeah. Yeah. What I, what I love about it is he, like two months ago, he had a Protestant on and it, I didn't realize until 20 minutes later that they were doing some of the most polite arguing I've ever heard in my life. And it was so quick and it was so like, it was so snap. It was a, like a English sitcom that would you watch. Right. And uh, you have to uh, yeah, what were you gonna say? That's Damien all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what Damien's sort of always like an English sitcom character. He's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, the podcast is it's amazing. He hasn't done one in a little bit, which is unfortunate. But it, uh, yeah, it was so snappy. And I, I go back and I listen to Zach, and I am like, man, why can't we be snappy like Damien? But I guess that's just his brand. He's he's been doing this for I think he's a 30 year veteran of Catholic media mm-hmm. and he knows absolutely everyone. I mean, he, again, I, I, I use these, uh, it sounds a little hyperbolic, but he is probably one of the most re- respected Catholic commentators in the world. Um, and he, he worked for the daily telegraph as their religion correspondent. Now, again, he's like the spectators religion columnist. And so he's been, he's and he's also just naturally an extraordinarily funny, nice, uh, engaging guy. And so you like to listen to him and he's got that, he's got that very, there's like seven people in the world uh, left with that extremely posh, that, that particular posh British accent. Oh yeah, for sure. And it's just so easy to listen to. So oh, yeah, you, you don't even realize that like he's demolishing someone with his arguments because it's so polite and cheaper, yeah. and you're like okay yeah and then you you think back you're like wait they just said that like that was <laughs> like even on you know split screen news here in, in the states right. when they're yelling at each other they're not really making these strong points again it's not against each other but the arguments good arguments yeah you can market it zach you can i i, I believe you can master it by in 30 years you can have Damian Thompson's accent. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I guess I guess we'll say we, we did our first episode December 2017. So in, uh, what is that, December 2047, I'll be a 30-year veteran of, I'll, you know, it counts as Catholic media, right? Yeah, Unless I can count, count my Twitter absolutely. feed. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, don't count your Twitter feed. That doesn't, that doesn't, uh, we, we, you, 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 need all, you need all the time that you can get. We'll just stay from the start of the podcast. That's a Perfect. lot of fortnights. I don't know how to. I don't know how to add up all those fortnights, but that's a lot of them. <laughs> well, oh. there's 26 fortnights a year. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So let's take some of the recent stuff in the church. What what difficulties or what opportunities do you have to with dealing with what's going on in the church right now? Because I think, on one hand, obviously it's difficult, but I. I also said opportunity because I think there's a huge opportunity to report this correctly and report it effectively and also not report it like you're some mouthpiece for the church necessarily. Right. 
So yeah, but you want to be you want to be respectful of the situation. But so how how do you go about how how are you going to go about handling what's going on in the church right now? I think it's a uh, I, I I love Catholic News Agency and don't don't get me wrong, but I think it's it's quite telling that they stole one of our contributing editors when they wanted to start a Washington bureau. Yeah. So our our very dear friend uh, J D Flynn stole our very dear friend Ed Condon, who's they're both extraordinary, extraordinarily talented guys. Um, but they so it was it's a, a Herald Man I think it'll be uh, their new their new Washington bureau, which is I mean it's great it's great for, for CNA. Um, but that's, you know, I, I, we're very, pr- we're very proud that they went to one of our guys when they wanted to start up, um, operations in the city. Um, okay. it's, that's, you know, they, see, you know, they, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to bash any other publication because there really is, there is a, there is a we'll, terrific we'll get amount to of that. We will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll do bashing later. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. I'll save, I'll save myself. But I, I do think that it's it's the a lot of what it is is the it's the quality of writing, um, it's and it's the you know the quality of the reporting. So w- one of the things that we trade in very heavily is analysis. Um, we do we do some excellent reporting, but we also <clears throat> really pride ourselves in the analysis. We've been called you know the the economist of the Catholic world, um, and oh, so that's it's not nice. I, it's not. <laughs> It's no, uh, the economist. The economist is fine. It's very well. It's very well written. I, I I have my own feelings about their editorial line. I know. We I mainly laugh because I, I just think of them as like the the Angela Merkel fan magazine. Pretty. That's pretty much what they are. But but no, <laughs> that's, I do like the Economist. It used to be yeah. a subscriber. Now I just it's listen to the podcast. <laughs> it's a quality publication. It is. And. So, and, you know, so that, that's, that's a, a lot of our niche um, and stitching together the, the big narratives and the big stories together um, so that people, so that ordinary lay Catholics can have a working understanding of what's going on in the church. And it's not just, you know, throwing these scandalous stories at them out of context, but helping them to understand what's going on um, in the, in the, not only in the, you know, the, the scandal ridden diocese of Pittsburgh, but how that relates back to the Vatican and how that relates to the USCCB and what's being done about it. Um, and that, right. that can be just, as, that can be just as important. Sure. Yeah. And there's kind of the, I guess, you know, each, you know, each publication kind of plays its role. Like obviously CNA, like a big thing that for them is that they're wire service and they're kind of getting who, what, when out there quickly. And they do the, they do have a few of the editorials, but it, a lot of it is just, like strictly reporting. And yeah. I think you guys, it's almost like more time to digest and, and process and analyze the thoughts. And it, it's, you know, I mean, there is, you guys do that section, the morning Catholic must reads and everything. That's so right. like you said, the reporting's there, but you know, a lot of the pieces in the Herald are, are more, more thoughtful. Like once you've maybe seen the reports go out or the tweets, you know, the, the Herald will kind of help you digest what's going on. Absolutely. I mean, and I, I, I do my best to keep on top of the news during the week. Um, but I, I do the, uh, the weekly U.S. news analysis piece. And I start that on Friday afternoon. And I'm lucky if I finish before Saturday night. Um, usually it goes into Sunday. So I, I mean, I, I read everything that I can on the subject. 
And I do that because other people don't have time to. You know, that's my that my job is to know what's going on in the church um, and to help people, you know, again, get a working grasp of what's happening in the church in America and how it relates to the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're staying on top of the story so that you don't have to, you know, be dwelling on these things because people are busy. We want to be the one-stop shop. Um, we want to, we want to sift through, you know, we will, we'll, we never report on, we don't, we don't do the three time a day, you know, what, what did Pope Francis say at his daily home and his daily mass homily? Mm-hmm. Um, we, we go, we, we stick to the real meat. Um, and then we, yeah, we let you know what's going on in the, in the church. Yeah. How do you basically separate emotion out of these stories? Like what's the proper, this is, I'm, I guess my question is how, what is the proper amount of emotion to put into something like this? Cause I, you see these stories are weighing heavy on people and they're driving, driving people crazy to be honest. Like it's, yeah. so it's, it's, there's gotta be a certain detachment that you have in order to correctly and analyze this thing. How do you, how do you go about doing something like that? Yeah. When the Pennsylvania grand jury report came out, um, my, our editor wrote to me and said, uh, we need you to do a blog post on this. I don't know if I should be telling this story over the air. <laughs> I, I wrote back, I said, nope, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go on a retreat. And so I did. I went with a fraternity priest and we went on, I went on, I went on a retreat with a bunch of friends. Um, it was just because I had been, I had been looking into some, you know, pretty dodgy stuff going on in seminarians. And I've been on the phone with seminary, you know, ex seminarians for like two weeks. And it was, uh, it does absolutely wear you down. Um, as it does for lay Catholics who don't, you know, it's, it, 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 it weighs on anyone who loves the church and hates to see her violated by these truly evil, evil people. Um, but that's why, that's why we have really solid editors. I don't, my stuff is, is edited by uh, Dan Hitchens, our deputy editor, and Luke Copen, our, our, ed, our, our managing editor. Um, and so any, any implicit biases, um, any emotion, any hyperbole, um, not to say factual errors, are all weeded out, double distilled um, so for, for, for perfect clarity. <laughs> uh, so that is, that's, what's that? No, that's good. I, I think that there's some, you know, like there's a, a handful of blogs that I do think tend to have some good, good content and are worth reading. But sometimes on the blogs, it's like you, you worry that like the person, you know, broke their keyboard. They just like banged out this piece <laughs> with so much emotion. Yeah. And it, yeah. it's always like detachment is so important in, in this situation because you do have to be able to get the information out and your, your feelings change. And it's delicate because obviously, um, especially with things like the Pennsylvania report, it is important to get the facts out and to hold people accountable. But, you know, we do relate to the church differently than we relate to any other organization. And it, it it's a, a tough line to walk, you know? Yes, it is. Well, that, so again, we, we, we do try to hold ourselves to the standards of secular media. And so all of us absolutely want to expose evil in the church. Um, that's, that's a, total given um but we don't do that by exaggerating stories that doesn't help you know we don't do that by libeling anyone and there there is one particular bishop and i will not say who 
that I in the, in the American church that I just cannot stand. And just I, <clears throat> I can't answer that question. <laughs> uh, and and I it, it it was coming through in the drafts of my news analysis, which is supposed to be, you know, again just professional stand you know standard journalistic um, analysis. And so our editor and so Damien was on my he would he, he was calling me and he was saying Michael you need to be impartial you can't you can't leap to these conclusions I know you're you're a very faithful Catholic and you want to help but you know bludgeoning bishops is not the way to go about it and I think that's true I mean you if there is if there is wrongdoing going on you want to have them on the facts and not on the you know the emotional volatility mm-hmm. um, so that's and I think and you so we and, and I think readers are that's also what readers are interested in. Um, I think they want to, they want the facts and they want they want so that they can speak when they when they read the Catholic Herald and they go talk to their friends their coworkers um, they can speak very confidently that they're not getting fluff and propaganda um, they are getting the strict reporting of what's happening in the American church that's what we that's what we want to deliver on the point about blogging and I I, uh, I I'm a firm believer in editors and having to have an editor um i when i was i started off as a blogger and my word count has probably been cut by 300 percent um and that's that's another i think another saving grace of for the for the catholic herald is you know our our editors are world-class editors who were trained as editors and worked for secular publications and so there is not there, you will ne- there will never be an unnecessary word in any Catholic Herald article because um, people are again people are busy. Um, we're not going to we're not here to waste their time. So more than just Grammarly, Grammarly Premium that is. Uh, you so you do know our editor in chief, Damien quote unquote Grammarly Thompson. Is that um, his nickname? <laughs> no, it is now. <laughs> okay, there we go. No, I was just kidding because there's there's like the app you can put. I think it's a Chrome app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, so more editor. You have a, a real life human editor. That's we do have. We have real important. life human editors. It is important. Yeah, because things that you think are really rhetorically beautiful, like the, your 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 most beautiful sentence that you write in an article. Oh, I have so many beautiful sentences. I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> What's that? I, I have so many beautiful sentences <laughs> that you that you're bringing this up. I have the most beautiful sentences, believe me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, the the volatile emotion, that's what really sells. That's there's got to be some some pull to like do that just for the clicks, but I'm glad that I'm glad that you all are consciously staying away from it cuz sometimes I just can't handle it, right? I there there are yeah. websites of people who I respect and who I listen to that I can't I can't really even go to their stuff because it's so clicky, right? And it's just, and it, it just bothers me because I don't, I don't know that then you don't even know if that's what you can trust because you know, they're doing it for a certain click through rate and all that. It's, it's, it's very, uh, I I say that now, but in a year, that's been so much worse with the, with Trump, like not Trump's fault, but like since Trump came onto the scene, the reporting about him is always so emotional and you just see this like compressing a number of retractions and having to walk back stories and apologize. And it's like, you know, if everyone could just take a breath before they run out and write something or say something on television, it would save a lot of, um, 
you know, this, this having to walk things back and apologize and there'd be more credibility. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you don't want to go do that. You know, when something is, as you know, crazy as like the Pennsylvania report comes out, you don't want to run out and, and outkick your coverage. Yeah. There, has, there has to be some willingness to not be first, but be correct. I guess is that the overall goal should be. I guess you can be both. Yeah, oh, yeah, we we have a pretty good track record of being both. Okay. There you go. It's the time difference. It's, they had six hours on us. So, like, when this <laughs> stuff happens, no. it happens in London six hours before, you know? I have, to, I have to have all of my work done for the British magazine by noon because everyone go, if, if everyone's going home at five, um, that's noon in the United States. So, we, have, we do have that. People are up at, like, 3 a.m., uh, in, 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 you know, on Eastern East coast time getting work done. So yeah, we're, we're, we're proper international publication. So who do you have? So like you've talked about, you don't, you know, the, the Herald isn't a lot of people's full-time jobs. So yeah. You can kind of yeah. assemble the best talent, but you don't necessarily, um, you know, the magazine would be a little expensive if you had to pay full-time salaries to everybody writing in it. So who are some of the people that you have signed on to write? So we have, besides Matthew Schmitz, we have Sarab Amari, uh, who was, he was senior writer at Commentary, but now he is going to become, he's just been named the op-ed editor for the New York Post, which is pretty cool. And we're extremely proud of him. Uh, he, yeah, so he's, so he's writing for us fortnightly. Uh, Father George Rutler, oh, who nice. you probably know. Yeah. Yeah, he writes for Crisis. He's uh, and he's just kind of a legend. He was like the chaplain to National Review during William F. Buckley's years. So he's he's been on the scene for a very long time. Can I can I interrupt? Can I interrupt with a father? Rutler? Yeah, of course. I, I listened to a talk. Um, I think it was maybe the Thomistic Institute or one of those things. He had Father Rutler on, and in his talk, he started out by saying, and "This is the first time I had heard him talk," and he said. A, a couple came to him to be married in his church and they came with his a wedding planner. And he said, if you're going to be married in my church, then you get that wedding planner out of here. And it's like, Oh, man, <laughs> that's pretty great. It's, he's, uh, he's really one of a kind. Yeah. I, the, the, it's funny. I was, we were talking about, we wanted to have this, so you know what an agony on column is. Okay. It might be a British term, but it's sort of an advice column, like an agony on. Okay. And so I, I wrote to I wrote a memo to everyone and I said we need an agony priest column, which like it's just like a funny advice column written by a priest. Um, and they said, but who would be good for that? And I was like, well, someone like Father George Rutler. And so we we were sounding out a whole bunch of different priests, um, all of them really terrific, but none of them just quite right for what we wanted for the for this column. And then someone said, have you asked Father George Rutler? And I said, no, I haven't asked Father George Rutler. <laughs> and so I flew to New York. I, like that weekend, I flew to New York, and I knocked on his door, and we, uh, we, we talked about it for about an hour. And at the end of it, walked out, and he had agreed to write the column for us. Amazing. Um, yeah, so, it's, so, that's, so, he's, so Father George, we're going, he'll, his, uh, he'll, we'll have an email address for him soon, and readers will be able to send him questions. And he will write responses. He will write answers to the readers' questions in the dry, troll, witty, um, aristocratic way that only Father Rutler has. And uh, you got to get him on I, Curious Cat. 
<laughs> I'm joining uh, Father Anthony's war against Curious Cat. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, no, that's uh, there's a there's a storm coming of anti Curious Catness. We, we try to answer all the questions we get on our room and circus curious cat. And if we had time, we would answer all of the questions, but I, I, I haven't actually seen the Roman circus curious cat, but I like yours that I have seen yours. Thank you. I, Thank you. I, I, try to, I try to provide thoughtful responses. I may have deleted the link to our curious cat on our Twitter profile. So that's why you haven't seen it. We never I'm get questions on it. Oh, that's we, good we just say we never really get any questions on it. We just always say like, well, if we had time, we'd respond to all of them. <laughs> just to kind of, you know, we're not you do. To we don't get any. <laughs> I'll start saying you move. Perfect. Yeah. Why are you guys so terrific? Yeah, I it's, mean, that it's, would a, it's a question that's been eating away at me. We're very competitive. Uh, our podcast. Yeah. We're, we're trying to take over the Catholic podcast world, right? So I just I just want to get you on record. You guys are not starting a Catholic Herald podcast, are you? <clears throat> because we've already been killed by Clerical Pod and who else, Matt? Uh, we don't want to talk about those. That's true. It, it hurt. It hurts. <laughs> I, I uh, we are we are definitely going to have at least one Catholic Herald podcast, and I I probably can't say who we're sounding out, but it is a a Dominican friar and an academic who are very well known to be good friends in real life. And it is, besides Father Rutler, probably the thing about the Herald that I'm most excited about. It would be a terrific podcast. Well, you're breaking my heart, but uh, we wish you all the best luck in the, Thank you. In the podcast. <laughs> Thank world. you. We have we not clearly as have easy as Matt makes it look. No. No, I imagine not. I but we we will uh, we will be we can form some kind of alliance and just we can dox the rest of the podcasts and sync them um, and start the pod, the Catholic podcast wars. Sure, if, if we can buy merch, so you can get you can get addresses through that. That's right. That's right. Team Roman Herald. Yes, I like that. Mm-hmm. This would be a good a good friendship. So this was the Herald. Do you think after a certain number of years? There'll be like a Catholic Herald American Revolution, um, and and you'll declare independence from the from the the British Empire from the British Catholic Herald Empire. I'm actually planning that. I'm planning that now, um, and I guess this. I hope Damien might take this as a declaration of war. I don't know. I don't particularly care, but yes, um, my 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 intention is to um, is not only to break off the Catholic Herald from the uh, the British parent company, but then to send um, an, a, a large contingent of interns um, to siege uh, the Catholic Herald offices in London and take it over. Not the interns. So it's like the, the American Revolution. If the Americans then counterattacked and took over England, um, that's that's oh, roughly what I'm planning. Yeah. So hopefully we're hoping to have that done by 2020. <laughs> I like it. We need we need Damien on the show, so we'll decide if we're going to be uh, loyalists or if we're going to support the revolution. So <laughs> when Damien can come and try to sell us, I I caution I choose wisely. Just that's all I'll say. Just choose wisely. It's true. So it's true. When is the when is the debut of the? It's a couple weeks. Is it a fortnight from now? Dare I say? It's so the, uh, the 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 content everything has to be in uh, on the tenth. Okay. So this coming Sunday, and then the first issue is out on the thirteenth. 
So we are right on the cusp. Oh man, that's exciting. From yep. today. Yeah. Yeah. Where I'm it's, gonna, it's, if I see any news, I'm going to text you and be like, you've got to make sure this makes it into the thing. I'll send <laughs> pictures. Yeah, but Zach, we are... Zach, just make sure you text him right before the deadline to stress him out a whole bunch. <laughs> like, did you miss this? Did you miss this? That that is that is standard journalistic procedure. Yes. Yeah. That's, yeah. Everything has you have you have to you have to wait until two and a half minutes before we go live and then send in your copy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm excited. How do people uh, how do people subscribe? We have we so they will not be able to when when it comes time to subscribe they will know because we are going to absolutely blitz social social media. Um, it, it'll be absolutely everywhere. And that is, I, I, I am told that I will sit at my computer and I will tweet and I will call people and I will tell them that the Catholic Herald is now live and they should subscribe. So I don't know. Our business team hasn't exactly, the, you know, the, the pages are still up, are still being worked on. Um, but yes, your listeners will, we will be ubiquitous. We will be absolutely everywhere. So, but that will be very, very soon. Wow, and That's where exciting? Where are you? Yeah. You're at. What's your Twitter Twitter account so people can follow you? I am at Michael W. What is it? Michael T. W. T. Davis. Yes, that's it. At Michael W. T. Davis. Is there any Is there any piece that you would like them to check out? Is there something you're particularly proud of that you've written recently? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> my favorite articles are extremely dorky, um, so I won't I won't go into that too much. Matthew Schmitz actually just did a, a, I think it's called a Tale of Two Catholicisms or something like that. But if you go on Matthew, if you just Google uh, Catholic Herald Matthew Schmitz, he has a piece on I won't I won't spoil the plot, but on um, you know the sort of the the tendency to for American Catholics to isolate themselves. Um, versus the tendency for American Catholics to assimilate, but in the process, sort of abandon their Catholic values and their Catholic identity. And with you know famous Hollywood actors that fit the bill and political commentators, so it's all it's a really really terrific piece. And he's he, he might be my favorite columnist that we we've picked up. So do go read that; you will love it, and then you will be desperate to subscribe to the Catholic Herald. Um, As you should be. Also, Mr. Schmitz pulled a fast one on uh, Professor Fagioli on Twitter. Did you guys see this? No. <laughs> yes, so I did. I, I saw that. I a big, I'm a big fan of Professor Fagioli. Like we don't agree on anything, but <laughs> I like the guy a lot. I think most people do. I do too. Like, he's, yeah, he's very likable. Yes, yes, and he's written for the Catholic Herald in the past. He's written some that, the Gelateria Catholic thing. I think comes from a Catholic Herald article. Oh, very nice. That he wrote. Yeah. So yeah, so Schmitz tweeted a quote. By um, I, I can't even remember. Yes, who blocks everybody on Twitter? But he hasn't blocked me yet. He blocked um, us, Zach. Our podcast is blocked. He did. He blocked our podcast. Yeah. Can you believe it? Wow. We didn't do anything. We did nothing. We actually, anyway. we actually might have tweeted something sort of negative about him in the past. Matthew. Um. No. Okay. <laughs> so we. So Schmitz tweets a quote. Um, by by father uh, about about Pope Francis, and it, you know it was a quote when it came out. It was like, is this is this right? Like, does he mean to say this? Right. Um, so when, of course, you know, 
with Schmitz being, I mean, not not one of the hardline Francis critics, but you know, he's he's been critical of, of the Pope when necessary. Yeah. When he tweets it, it, it does have a totally different sound to it. And I, I guess he was trying to see if anybody would take the bait. And our one of our, our dear friend, Professor Fagioli, did take the bait and called him yes, out on it. And then he points out, hey, you guys were praising this quote when it was when it was your guy saying it. So um, Wow. It was yeah, quite the switcheroo. He Matt Matthew is one of the cleverest uh, young men in the media. Um, that I, I don't really want to. <laughs> I like Massimo, and I, I like I actually quite like Father. Ro- I don't know if it's Rosica or Rosica, but I met him at the um, at the Knights of Columbus. They had it when they were had their ba- convention in Baltimore. They had a uh, a media drinks, and I honestly I've read his stuff, but I'd never seen him. And so I he I was sitting at a table with him, and I kissed his hand. Um, as I do usually to pre for priests, and um, and he was very, he was very gratified. Um, and then I because I sort of assumed that he, if he was at the Knights of Columbus thing, he was a pretty conservative priest. But yeah, he was one of the very few liberal priests who I have kissed their hand and they didn't just yank it away. Nice. So I really appreciate that. That's uh, it's a that's a good sign. That is good. I mean, that's a very good. That's a very yeah, reverent thing to uh, give to the priests. I, I think so. But it was a it was a very strange quote. Um, yeah, I, I, I do like Massimo too. He's, he's, a he's a very nice, he's a, he's a very, very nice guy. No, and he's very good at Twitter. If you watch like he's and I mean, also, if you look at the timestamps, he's online like 22 hours a day. It's true. But, um, <laughs> it's like, true. there's not a big gap. I'm like, when does this man sleep? But no, I, I do like professor Fajoli quite a bit. And I've watched some of his videos, um, on YouTube where he, he, I mean, he is a subject matter expert on, on like Catholic movements after the council. And it is interesting. It, it's certainly, yeah, it is. He, and he's, he is, I mean, I don't, I don't go in for the, um, you know, you don't have a PhD and therefore you don't have the right to an opinion, um, sort of attitude towards Catholic media, but that's why you're you do here. Have to, you, have to, you have to admit at some point, I mean, the, his, he, he uses all of his learning, um, you know, that he that you know he he is really quite intelligent, and he 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 knows his stuff. Yeah. So again, he's written for us in the past, and we we are happy to have you know people who don't exactly see eye to eye with us. Um, we're always we're very happy to have people like that writing for the Herald. So there's there is a little bit of diversity too, but that's good. We're we're big fans of the Catholic Twitter universe, so um, we'll just start pushing <laughs> their names at you of like get this guy in your magazine, get her in your magazine. <laughs> So well, yeah, I was because I, I, there was, um, I don't remember, I don't know his real name, but it, yeah, Kev, um, on Twitter, Kevin Gallagher, yeah, he wrote that really brilliant piece on Catholic fusionism. I had no idea that was that was him until um, Gladden Pappen tagged him in a tweet like today or yesterday. So I was, I, it's, it's the, the, the uh, weird Catholic Twitter. Catholic Twitter is like it's, its tentacles go everywhere. Well, with that article, like I was, um, Gladden lives here in Dallas and I, him yeah. and I were in France this summer for a program called Pro Civitati Day. Yes. And he mentioned that he's like, yeah, we're going to publish Kev. And I was like, <laughs> oh. and then I kind of forgot about it. And then when the piece comes out and it's all formal, like Kevin Gallagher, um, <laughs> right, I start right. reading it and I'm like, wait, this is Kev. Like, I just didn't, you know, Kev didn't go make a big show out of, right. uh, out of having written it. And so, yeah, I, I, knew it was coming and didn't make quite the connection, but it, the piece was brilliant. It was an awesome article. Yeah. I mean, agree or disagree. Yeah. So that was, um, and I found a whole, I actually found a whole gaggle of Catholic Twitter people outside my parish this past Sunday, including one 
at Zach Mabry. So that's right. Was, uh, that was fun. I know we, uh, it, it was like this unplanned Twitter meetup that took place because, um, uh, Jose Mina's, uh, son was baptized. Yeah. So everyone came to town for the baptism. And then of course they said, well, we've got to go to, like, I, I've never been to DC. So none of this is obvious to me, but everyone's like, well, obviously we're going to go to old St. Mary's in Chinatown for, right. for mass. Of course you, and you, you absolutely have to. I, that was my, that was the site of my first Latin mass. When I was a freshman, I was actually still an Episcopalian, yeah. But the Feast of Blessed Carl of Austria um, at Old St. Mary's in Chinatown, um, when I was an Episcopalian freshman in college, was my first ever Latin Mass. Well, that's so, like two terrible things to be. Just kidding. Freshmen are great. <laughs> a freshman at George Washington, yeah, which is awful. Um, and then an Episcopalian, which is even worse. So, yeah, I liked the priest, the homily. What was that line he said at the beginning? He's like, we're going to... What did he say? Oh man, um, of his homily, of his sermon, he said, "You have to help. You have to get it back." I don't remember. I don't need it. Was okay. Well, we'll find it. And we'll tweet it. It was just this funny <laughs> line about how they're gonna we're gonna go through the creed, but it was like we're gonna crank through the creed or something. It was. It was just <laughs> made me laugh. Um, yeah, he's, he's, no, he's terrific. They're terrific confessors too. Emma, did you get to go to confession there? I did. Good. Yes. Yeah, see, I yes, always do that I, when I, I did travel. Have to go. Yes, I had to go go to the sin bin while I was there. So, uh, and it's yeah, it's great when you're out of state because you're like, oh, I don't know this guy, but you know. Oh, I just I also just I like going to different just to see what it's like, you know. Yeah, I've had some terrible, terrible experiences, but yeah, it's like Russian roulette. But um, yeah. you know, eventually you kind of become hardened. By Matt has some pretty funny stories he could tell about <laughs> about. Didn't didn't Matt? Didn't you get a penance once to go get yourself some ice cream? Or was that was that you? Oh <laughs> yeah, I did. I for, I completely forgot about that. A priest, yeah. One of the things was to go get ice cream. I was like, well, I do that most days, so I don't know if that's <laughs> really a thing. That yeah. I also uh, was told to pray for Kim Davis. Remember the the lady who wouldn't uh, do oh, yeah. same sex marriage thing. Francis is. Uh, Archbishop Vigano's BFF. Yeah. So a priest in Houston was like, hmm, what should your penance be? Which is always a great start. And uh, and he said, let's how about we pray for that lady in Kentucky? And I was like, well, can you I'll pray for other people or something. You want to pick something else? Let's. (laughs) I know this poor county clerk from Kentucky who like somehow keeps becoming like first this happens. So she ends up all over us news. And then, then the, the papal visit and archbishop Vigano. So she becomes, you know, a subject of international news. And you're like, I yeah. imagine she never intended to be on television at all, but somehow Kim Davis just ends up, you know, maybe you guys need to have her right for the Herald. I'll run that by Damien. I got one actually it was, it was at old St. Mary's. Um, he was, it was just after Cardinal world. That was always, it was always very interesting having, uh, you know, say the, the priest say, pray for Francis, our Pope and Donald, our Bishop. Um, <laughs> when you've done pretty much doing nothing but writing about those two people, because <laughs> yeah. I'm a daily master. I'm a daily master. And I go to, I go to, I go to, uh, I go to mass every day at St. Matthew's Cathedral, which is World C. Um, but no, I would. So at, at, at Old St. Mary's, the priest said, you know, the day it was just a couple of days after the, the Holy Father accepted Cardinal World's resignation, 
And uh, he said, you know, pray for the Holy Father's wisdom as he appoints a successor to Cardinal World. I was like, oh, gosh, well, I'm <laughs> way ahead of you on that one. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, that was the best. I think that was my favorite penance <laughs> that I've ever gotten. That's pretty great. Pray for the Holy Father's wisdom. Yeah. Any tips? Um, so you're an editor. So if any of our listeners are writing papers, um, do you do like an hourly rate to uh, to edit papers? Uh, just kidding. $150 an hour is the starting <laughs> rate. Okay. <laughs> if you're a complete disaster, it goes up to like 400 an hour. Zach, but- Zach remember Ooh. he said that the Catholic Herald, it's not usually their full-time job. So he needs other jobs, Zach. He needs papers to, gra- or to edit. That's right. That's right. I only have time for about one a day, which is why it's $400. But I will, I will, it will be, a, it'll be a damn good editing job. I promise you that. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Well, this is fun. Um, we'll, we'll be interacting with you on Twitter and, uh, you know, we'll keep in touch. We're, we wish you guys the best of luck. I'm excited to subscribe because I get, I get the mag, I get like the iPad edition that okay, you can yeah. scroll through. But then I'm excited to just get the real, the real thing, hold it in my hands. There's nothing like print media. We, we, we really strongly disbelieve that print media is dead because it's, you know, and and we think we're going to prove that Um, the Catholic Herald, but when we launch is going to do extremely well, everyone's going to buy the print edition. No one, people aren't going to, aren't all going to gravitate to the digital edition. And people like like to hold the magazine and flip through it. And, you know, it's, it's one of the very, you know, if you don't have time to sit down and read a novel or something, you can at least sit down, you know, put your phone somewhere, make a cup of tea, or scotch. I usually prefer scotch. And then just, you know, then just read, read a magazine. And, you know, it takes 20 minutes, half an hour. Um, but it's this nice little break. And the writing is so good. The reporting is so sharp. The analysis is so accurate. Um, the commentary is so moving. It's It's, it's going to be fantastic. We're excited. It's the new British invasion. The Beatles came That's over. That. Let's see. The office came over, and now the Catholic Herald is 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 going <laughs> to most do it. significantly of all. Most significantly of all, the Catholic Herald is now in the United States. It was States. all laying. It was all groundwork for this. The Beatles thought they were bigger than Jesus, and we are here now to prove them wrong. Ooh, exactly. I like it. All right. Thank you, Michael. We will talk. Thanks, guys. To God you bless soon. you both. Thanks for having me on. Well, that was fun. Yeah, that was great. I really enjoyed that interview. I I don't know a lot about what goes into publishing a magazine. So it was nice to hear about how they do things and how they go about trying to figure out how they're going to make their way in this crazy world of ours. Although they have been established for over 100 years, so they've already made it. Right. Well, in the the new world. Oh, yeah, the new world. I I like that part where you asked him about the revolution, because a lot of people don't like to act like there's a revolution where we're going back to London to take it over, but it's coming. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I mean, we're, we're not afraid to ask the tough questions here on the Roman Circus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that was great. Uh, All right. I, Everyone listening, promise you're going to subscribe, because I bet it's going be, to be cool. Oh, subscribe to them. Yes. Yeah, so, well, yeah. I mean, subscribe to us, obviously. But then get yourself a, a take out a subscription to uh, the Catholic Herald U.S. coming near you in a less than. They'll bring a it right to your door. Less less than, than a fortnight. One fortnight. 
Yep, I'm doing that that Fortnite dance move thing. Oh, okay. I don't I don't really know exactly what that I is. I don't either. It was all over the Jumbotron at the last football game I went to. Anytime they would show anybody from the age of like six and up, that's what they would start doing. And then okay. I saw a video that informed me that it was from Fortnite. Very good. Shall we have a Saint of the Week? Let's hear it. The Four Crowned Martyrs, Zach. Whoa. One of four holy crowned ones refers to nine individuals venerated as martyrs and saints in the Catholic Church. I Okay, here's the deal. I, I'm going to read the names, and um, I'm going to get all of them wrong, okay? But you can Google them and look up how to say them correctly. So there are nine saints, and they're divided into two groups. The first group is Severus. Severian, Carpophorus, and Victorinus. The second one is Claudius, Castorius, Symphorian, Nicostratus, and Simplicus. Simplicus. I'm pretty sure those are cloud formations. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, maybe that's accidentally what I googled. According to the Golden Legends, the names of the members of the first group were not known at the time of their death, but were learned through the Lord's revelation after many years had passed. They were called the Four Crowned Martyrs because their names were unknown, and crown refers to the crown of martyrdom. They are, basically, the second group is the feast day of November 8th, Okay. So that's the second group of saints that sound like cloud formations. Uh, they were Love it. they were sculptors. Uh, they refused to fashion a pagan statue for the emperor Diocletian, or to offer sacrifice to the Roman gods. The emperor ordered them to be placed alive in lead coffins and thrown into the river. Okay, just a quick okay, just a quick lead coffin thrown in the river. This was about 200... Yeah, I hate when that happens. I know, so much. It happened in about 287. They're the patrons of sculptors, stonecutters, cattle, and they're the patrons of Against Fever. So if you're fever, better watch out, because these guys are the patrons against you. Yeah, everybody on... Twitter seems to be sick, so uh, we need to be praying to praying to the four crown martyrs. It's unclear where the names of the second group actually come from. There was a tradition, but it had no historical foundation, so they just kind of were unsure. But they are kept in a sarcophagus in the crypt of Santi Marcellino e Petro, and uh, that's it. So there's a lot of words that I probably pronounced wrong, but that's that's the Saints of the Week or the second group of the Four Crowned Martyrs. Very nice. All right, gang. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the interview. Reach out to Michael Davis. Tell him how much you liked it, and we will talk with you all next week. See you later. See you later.